Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome in, everybody. Thanks a lot for joining me. Sal Capaccio here. I think that I uh, need to put myself back in the stream here, and I did, so we're ready to rock and roll. Sorry for the short notice on the show tonight. Welcome in. Thank you very much. Here's what happened. Normally, I do the show. I didn't do it last week. We had Christmas and all that stuff going on. Uh, you know, last couple of weeks, d- different, you know, situations, holidays. Uh, didn't, didn't think I was going to do this show tonight until 8 o'clock because I'm going to be on Channel 4 in Buffalo coming up for a, uh, a preview, Buffalo Kickoff Live. But then I realized, I was talking with Josh Reed over there. I'll be on with him a little bit later. I thought I was doing it via Zoom. And truth be told, I had no idea I'm going down to the stadium. So I'm like, oh my God, I got to do that as soon as possible. I got to get this show in. And I didn't want to miss this show this week. So here we are. Thank you very much for everybody who comes in tonight. Uh, we're going to be live here for a, about the next 20 minutes or so if you're coming on the stream on a Thursday night. If not, um, I will be putting this up audio-wise on the podcast, as always. Sal Sports live here on the video stream, Sal Sports and stuff on the podcast. So if you are listening to the podcast, you're like, what the heck are you talking about? Well, we just had some adjusting going on in the live stream tonight, but I wanted to get this show in for everybody. I want to make sure that everybody knows this is the Sal Sports and stuff podcast and Sal Sports live as we normally do it. It's just at a different time here as we get going. Uh, David, thank you very much. Dominic, always appreciate you. Sebastian coming in from Uruguay. Got a lot of great comments in the comment thread. If you want to come by and join in part of the stream, uh, in the stream and watch, make sure you keep the comments appropriate. You guys always do. I really appreciate that. And uh, we'll move on here and talk about Bill's Colts because, and oh, by the way, let me also throw this out there. I had a guest scheduled for tonight. Uh, Matt Danley, he hosts a Colts podcast over at the SB Nation site uh, for the Colts, uh, the Stampede, Blue Stampede, I believe it's called. And unfortunately, like I told him eight o'clock and then, I had to switch this to six o'clock, so I shot him a message. So if he joins in here, I'm just t- going to get him right on. If not, I really apologize, and you know we'll talk down the road, I'm sure. So that could very well happen here tonight as we go on. So thanks a lot to all the live viewers right now, and we'll talk Colts and Bills. We'll talk injuries because that's where we need to start. That's been the story of the week for the Bills so far this week has been the injury situation, especially to their wide receivers. So let me kind of unfurl the week for you and how it's gone gone down here. So – when we met with Sean McDermott via Zoom on Tuesday, 
there was a limited practice report this out because they had a walkthrough basically. And Stefan Diggs was listed with a oblique injury and he was limited through the walkthrough. Cole Beasley, no surprise, still not practicing. You know, people were wondering what would happen there, but the big one was Diggs. You know, what's going on with Stefan Diggs? And Sean McDermott basically said, you know, it's something that came up. He didn't say exactly when. It could have been maybe in the game, he said. Uh, there's been people trying to sift through where that happened. Could it have been pregame warmups? Could have been during the game? I mean, either way, he wound up playing half the game and he never went out because of injury, even though he did have one time where he got hit and it was uh, a flag, a foul. He got hit in the back of the head, essentially, as he's going down, excuse me, after making a, a catch on the play. He didn't have to leave the game because there was a foul on the play. And there, the rule is basically because it occurred because of a foul, he didn't have to leave the game. So Bill Vinovich says that to the crowd. And, but I could see, and we could all see that, you know, they were asking him, are you okay? And things like that. Maybe that's where he got hurt. We don't know, but it's an oblique injury. An oblique is basically on the side of your torso here. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's muscles that you use to rotate right and left. So people were wondering what's going on with Stefan Diggs. Well, now then we get to Wednesday and Stefan is listed as a DNP doesn't even practice on Wednesday. Now the red flags really go up on what's going on with that. He meets with the media via Zoom after practice, which I got to tell you is actually kind of a bit odd anyway. Normally when guys are going through injuries, they're not made available to the media. So the fact that he was made available to the media when he does have a DMP on his name uh, on an injury report actually told me, okay, well, that, that means it's probably trending in the right direction because normally that's not even the case anyway. He was asked about the injury and his response was, don't believe everything you read. I'm cool. I'll be fine. Okay. Well, that's great. Then we get to Thursday. Uh, Sean McDermott is on his zoom call again. And he says, we'll see. He's asked about Stefan Diggs comments. And he basically said, Hey, you know, he said, well, is there still concern? He was asked, there's still concern, even though he had the comments that he'll be fine. And he said, don't believe everything you read. And McDermott's response was, I'm always concerned when someone's in the trainer's room. So there's still a lot of intrigue. All right. Then we get to Friday. I'm sorry, it's a Thursday uh, late morning after McDermott speaks. The team has practice. I went out to practice. This is earlier today. I went out to practice. I was there at the stadium. We're only allowed to watch a very short time of all of this. I go out to practice. I'm looking for Stefan Diggs. There he is. Not only Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley. I see both of them. Go check it out on my Twitter feed, at Sal Sports. You can see Stefan Diggs. You can see Cole Beasley. They're stretching with the team. They're hopping around. They're dancing. I don't know what it means. I don't know if they're gonna, both going to play. I think I've thought all week that Diggs you know, would most likely be able to play. I mean, he did finish. Like I said, he played half the game against the Dolphins. He did not leave because of injury. He basically sat out the entire second half. Um, I think that's a good sign for his you know, availability. But again, something that comes up, you never know. He was listed officially as questionable on the injury report when it came out on Thursday for the game. There will be no injury report listed on Friday uh, because the game is on Saturday. So that's what we have to go on as far as Beasley's concerned. Very encouraging that he at least, A, was out there with his teammates, stretching, hopping around, doing some stuff, shuffling. Again, go check it out. I got video at my um, South Sports page. And then I have, and then you look at the uh, injury report and Cole is questionable as well. And again, I think that's encouraging, but we don't know. We don't know exactly what's going to happen between Cole Beasley and Stefan Diggs. Isaiah McKenzie, by the way, a third receiver was on the injury report earlier this week, and he is off of it. Everybody else who's on the injury report is no injury designation. So basically the only two people who are questionable are Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley. So we'll see, um, you know, what happens there. Uh, Kyle says opinions on people's negative comments about the bills dancing at practice. Well, I, that's just dumb. They're, they're practicing. I mean, that's what they've done all year. They practice, they get loose before, 
pra- I don't know what to tell you. I think people find things to be negative and comment about all the time that are just ridiculous, to be quite honest with you, Kyle. So um, not that you are, but I mean, come on. I, it hasn't been a problem all year that guys are actually having fun at practice, getting loose and getting into the vibe, you know, to practice. That's what they do. They're players who are getting ready to play a game and they're getting ready for practice and that's what they do. So I don't even, I don't even like to go in into that area because it's just to me ridiculous to even have a, a negative comment about something like that. Um, I would say though, that after that video came out Ian Rappaport tweeted bills by a million, then Darius Leonard liked it. So now it becomes a little bit of drama, but Hey, it's the NFL playoffs. You're going to have some, some drama all the time. So now we think about what the team would look like if they don't have either Diggs or, or Beasley. I, Again, I'm going to assume that Stefan Diggs is going to play. We don't know that. I'm going to assume that. I think getting John Brown back and healthy last week was a very, very big deal for this team. A very big deal. Uh, John Brown being able to play, um, you know, in this contest, if especially if Stefan Diggs is not able to go, uh, would be a huge, huge, um, you know, addition to make sure that they don't have too much of a drop off. But again, even if I do think that Diggs will be able to go. That's just my opinion. And now you're still get John Brown on the field. Then the only question is what about Cole Beasley? Hey, after last Sunday against the Miami dolphins, I think everyone saw that if Cole Beasley is unable to play, you could do a lot worse than Isaiah McKenzie as a fill in as a replacement. So if Cole is unable to play Isaiah McKenzie to me would be the natural replacement. And he's shown that he's very capable. He's um, very versatile. He can do a lot of things, including obviously playing receiver, running the ball uh, on jet sweeps and things like that. They like to get him involved that way. So, yes, is Cole Beasley a big loss if he can't play? Of course it is. Uh, He's one of the best slot receivers in football. Uh, But this team has plenty of weapons. I also think it was interesting that last week the Bills used Gabriel Davis to go deep in the second half, especially with Matt Barkley playing maybe, just maybe, as a little bit of a statement to the rest of the league. Anybody playing them in the AFC playoffs, hey, guess what? We got guys who can go deep all over the place. You better respect exactly – you better respect everybody across the board at being able to get down the field. And I think that's a big deal because the way I think that a team like the Colts is going to try to play the Bills is to keep everything underneath. I think they're going to try and keep the Bills from attacking downfield. They're going to keep the Bills from trying to really you know, go over the top of them. That's It's basically the game plan that the Tennessee Titans used back on that Tuesday on the game that was moved and the Kansas City Chiefs. On that Monday when the game was moved, and especially the New England Patriots, they blanketed the field with a bunch of defensive backs, and they basically said, okay, Bills, we're going to make you run the ball. And the Bills did. They ran the ball for 180 yards that game or something around there, and they had to work. The Bills did work for everything they got in the passing game. And I think that's got to be what the Colts' plan is here. Make the Bills work for everything they get in the passing game, because if they have to go seven, eight, nine, ten plays on a drive, well, that's seven, eight, nine, ten chances that the Colts have to make a play, a sack, an interception, a fumble, something like that. You don't want to give the Bills the ability to just strike immediately from anywhere on the field. They can. They scored 56 points against the Miami Dolphins. Two of them were defensive. Well, one defensive, one special teams touchdowns, touchdown. um, You know, other than that, they had 42 points on offense and they came in a variety of ways. And, you know, you just can't give the Bills an ability to strike down the field immediately. And I think that teams playing the Bills in the AFC playoffs are basically going to try to keep them from getting down the field as quickly as possible, making Josh Allen have to make more plays. And then maybe, just maybe, you get him to a point where he gets a little frustrated, tries to do a little bit more himself, and then you get into a situation where he can turn the ball over. You get a sack or something like that. I think that's got to be what the Colts' plan is. Now, on the other side of the ball, and, and by the way, the Colts, 
they are a team that I think that's how you do have to attack them, by the way. That's what's interesting to me about this game, which is I think they're going to try to prevent the Bills from going down the field on them, but I think the Bills are going to try to go down the field on them. Uh, the Colts are not a great team in their secondary when it comes to stopping the big play, when it comes to you know keeping teams from getting down the field. The, when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers just a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Steelers, they were doing a great job against the Steelers by halftime. Steelers come out in the second half, and they just really unaccustomed to the Pittsburgh Steelers this season start throwing the ball down the field. They start attacking. They start going vertical. And the Indianapolis Colts really kind of had no answer for that. And that's how the Steelers wound up winning that game. And I think that's what the Bills need to do here. So even though the Colts are going to probably try to test them uh, as far as, uh, you know, put some strain on their deep passing game, put some strain on their vertical passing attack, keep everything underneath, I think that's the way the Bills need to actually go about it. They need to get down the field, and they will try to do that. Um, the Colts will not blitz a lot. They bring pressure with the front four. And they're pretty good at getting there with their front four. They actually are one of the highest teams as far as you know quarterback pressures. Not in sacks necessarily. They're okay in sacks, but quarterback pressures. Uh, the Bills have done a great job protecting Josh Allen as of late. But Josh Allen, speaking of him, AFC Offensive Player of the Month. I mean, the awards and accolades just keep piling up for this guy. The Colts have the AFC Defensive Player of the Month in DeForest Buckner. He's very, very good. Uh, he has been on the injury report this week, but he was limited on Thursday. I expect him to play. He is questionable for the game with an ankle injury, but uh, I don't think anything's going to keep you know this guy off the field as well. And when you look at their secondary, they have a couple of guys that are banged up back there as well. Cornerback uh, TJ Carey, a full participant in practice. He should be okay. Carey uh, Willis, though, concussion protocol. He should be okay. Uh, but the one that is looking like in um, – oh, uh, Rocky Sin. That's what it is. I was just looking at the name there. Rocky Sin is in concussion protocol and is out. He is out for the game. Now, he is a part-time starter. He's a part-time player back there, basically, but he does play a lot. Uh, he is an important part of their secondary. They need all hands on deck, I think, for this particular game, and it doesn't look like you're going to have that. And on offense, by the way, they have injuries at tackle. They have Anthony Costanzo, who's one of the one of the better tackles in the league. He's out right now. So now they're down to a couple of guys that really haven't played a ton of football. And we're going to see exactly, you know, how the Colts can handle the Bills pass rush with their banged up interior off uh, exterior offensive line. But in the interior, they're very, very good. Obviously, that's what they're going to do on offense. Let's flip it around to the other side of the ball. They're going to try to run the ball. The Colts are going to try to run the ball against the Bills. And they have a guy named Jonathan Taylor, who's a rookie. He's very good. Uh, the first, you know, few games of the year, he started off pretty well. And then all of a sudden he had a big dip. and he kind of, I'm not going to say get in the doghouse of Frank Reich, but they certainly started going away from him. He wasn't the feature back anymore for the Colts. And something happened, though, right around maybe uh, Thanksgiving or, or around there. You know, if you if you play fantasy football, if you have Jonathan Taylor, me, I did, I do have Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he, it started getting frustrating. Like, okay, why is this guy not the main ball carrier anymore? But something happened right around Thanksgiving where he started to really get the ball a little bit more again. He started being the feature back. And over the last seven games, John, Jonathan Taylor's just ripped it up. He's been one of the best running backs in the entire National Football League over that time. So there's a lot of, um, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity here that the Colts see, that they see to be able to run the ball against the Buffalo Bills, a team that at times this year has been leaky against the run. The Bills, what they've done this year, though, is in situations like this, you know, something I said a lot early in the year, which is the Bills when their defense was kind of struggling and the numbers weren't there, it seemed like they would do a really good job of kind of loading up on one area and saying, Hey, we're going to stop you from running or we're going to stop you from passing, but they weren't great at doing both. 
they've been much better at both. They've been much balanced at stopping everything. The, the defense has been phenomenal over the last, you know, half of the season. But I think this is a, a chance here for the Bills to say again, we're just going to make sure you don't run the ball. We have to try and make you one-dimensional. We have to try and put the ball in Phillip Rivers' hands, make him throw the ball, make him push the ball down the field. Because if there's one thing Phillip Rivers hasn't been able to do that much of this year, especially with the Indianapolis Colts and this team, it's push the ball down the field. They're very much actually like the Pittsburgh Steelers that we saw a few weeks ago come to Buffalo in that respect. They throw the ball short. They throw the ball to their running backs. Now the Steelers, they'll get the ball to the receivers a little bit more than what the Colts will. The Steelers, the, the Colts, will, they'll like to throw to their running backs. Jonathan Taylor, they'll throw it to him. Um, they like to throw to their tight ends. They have basically Philip Rivers has one of the lowest numbers in the league of air yards to target. And what that means is if you take from the line of scrimmage to the target of receiver, Philip Rivers, his number is only is below eight, below eight, you know, per average that that ball travels. That's a really, really low number. It's one of the worst in the NFL. It's one of the lowest, but what they have is one of the best yards after catch averages in the league. They're averaging like over six yards a catch, basically, which is a really good number. And that just tells you, again, they're keeping it short and letting these guys run. So what's got to be important for the Bills this week? Covering out of the backfield, covering tight ends, tackling in the open field especially is going to be very big. Who does that fall on? Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, Taron Johnson. Your interior coverage guys for the Bills have to be very good this week, whether that is against running backs or tight ends. Those are the things that are going to matter against this Colts offense. Phillip Rivers does not want to hold on to the ball. He won't hold on to the ball. When he does hold on to the ball, that's when mistakes actually happen for this guy. Um, you know, it's funny because it's kind of the opposite of what you think about with a quarterback generally. With a quarterback generally, you think about, okay, guy holds on to the ball. He's back there. He's savoring around. He's going to find somebody open. That's not really who Philip Rivers is. Who Philip Rivers is now is he gets the ball, he gets it out. These guys go, they turn around, boom, the ball is going to be there. In a lot of ways, it's kind of like Tua. When, we, when you watch Tua, the longer he holds on to the ball, the more you, chances you have as a defense to make a play. Uh, it, it, that's not, I mean, Josh Allen's kind of opposite of that, right? The longer he holds on to the ball, it seems like he's going to find somebody. He's going to extend the play. Philip Rivers is not extending any plays. He doesn't want to hold on to the ball. So I think the Bills, what they need to do in this game, it's kind of what they did basically against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Get up on the line of scrimmage, get in people's faces. Do you remember watching that Steelers game and seeing um, the video of Tredavious White basically getting right up on Chase Claypool? Uh, th this is what I think the Bills need to do to those receivers and say, so you're not going to just run two yards and turn around and get a football thrown to you. Yep. You want to throw it to your running backs? That's fine. We're going to tackle them. Want to throw it to the tight ends? Okay. We're not going to give them a lot of space. I mean, there's going to be a challenge here. There's no doubt about it. But I think they ha the, the challenge now for the DBs, DBs is, hey, don't let Phillip Rivers throw the ball very quickly and make him hold on to the ball and then have to make a play because that's when he has a penchant for you know making a, a, a more poor throw, make, uh, throwing an interception, something like that. He has a very good completion percentage this year. Phillip Rivers is having a nice season. It's not a great season. It's a nice season. I think a lot of people you know, maybe might not realize that he's had a pretty good year, but you know, it's not like off the charts or anything like that. And I think a lot of people discounted this guy when he went to Indianapolis because of his age and things like that. So, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting game from that aspect of it. Let's talk about special teams a little bit. I think we saw last week, the bills have not only a great punt returner in Andre Roberts, but also obviously in Isaiah McKenzie kick return, punt return the bills. They have the number one punter in the league as far as gross average Corey Bohorquez. So Corey Bohorquez. So, you know, they've done a great job there. And of course, Tyler Bass. That's where I want to focus right now. 
This will be Tyler Bass's first time kicking in a playoff game uh, in that stadium when it's going to be a little bit colder. Now he's kicked in cold weather in the stadium, even colder than what we're going to see probably on Saturday or worse weather. It's supposed to be clear, you know, low 30s, clear, not much wind. That's not bad at all. But this is a different deal. This is the playoffs in him, Buffalo, and we know how things can get a little bit tricky, even though you think and you expect good weather. I think, you know, Tyler Bass coming into this game is somebody that you want to keep an eye on, but also because the kicker on the other side, um, the, the Colts, they have, what is it? Blankenship, right? He is, he has been, str- he struggled a little bit this year over the last month of the year. And there's some question about his, um, his, his leg, his leg strength, you know, getting the ball there on some longer field goals. And I wonder if this particular game, if this is something the bills can take advantage of, you know, make sure that, you know, when you get down there, you're gonna have to force this team into some longer field goals. You know, buckle up even a little bit more than what you'd say when you say, like, make sure you buckle up in the red zone, maybe even a little bit earlier than that to make sure, hey, these guys got to force them into a couple of longer field goals here. And I wonder if the Colts will be able to take advantage of that or if they, you know, if he'll be okay in that regard or if not, because it has not been uh, a really good uh, run here over the last several weeks. And I think that's something that they're a little bit concerned about reading some of the people in Indianapolis. All right, the other big news here in Sal Sports Live. Thanks a lot for to- tuning in right here on the stream. Sal Sports and stuff on the audio, and I appreciate everybody who uh, comes along on both. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the fans. Coming back, 6,700. Are you going to be there? If you're in the chat box right now and you're going to be there, give a hell yeah, because <laughs> that's awesome. I have been lonely this year without you. I've been lonely this year down in the moat, thinking about you during lots of big games, Seattle Seahawks. LA Rams at the end of the game. Lots of times I've said, you know, Patriots punch the ball out, recover the fumble. Lots of times I've said, I can't, I I wish, I really wish Bills fans were here and you haven't been and they haven't been. And now we're going to get 6,700 people in the stadium. I know it's not a ton. It's less than 10% of the seating capacity, but it's something. It is something I think to get the emotional juice and the emotional energy going with this football team. 6,700 people aren't going to make a big difference as far as being loud. Yeah, they're going to try to be loud. There's no doubt about that. You're going to be able to hear them, but they're not going to cause Philip Rivers to have to, you know, go to his, go to a silent count. He's not going to, they're going to cause false starts because of you know how loud they are. What they can cause to me though, is emotional uplifting for this Buffalo Bills team, who I think really, really wants to see and is looking forward to seeing their fans in the stands. They're going to come out of that tunnel. They're going to see red, white, and blue Buffalo Bills gear. And I think they're going to be emotionally jacked for this game. And I think that's going to be super duper important for this game. It's going to be great for the fans. It's going to be great for the players, for the coaches, and everybody. I've been in that stadium all season long. Uh, I've been all these games without fans. And I got to tell you, it's it's eerie. It's weird. You get a little bit used to it when, when you've been in there. But every time something happens, you think, I just wish the fans were here. Well, I hope the Bills put on a show for the fans who will be there at the stadium. Now, we all know what's going on at the stadium this week. A lot of the testing that's going on. There's no tailgating. Let's remember that. You know, we don't want to ruin this for anybody, especially any of you who want to go to the next game. If you haven't had a chance to go to the first one, your season ticket holder, you're going to go to the next one. You know, so hope everybody stays safe and does everything the right way because I'd love to see fans there again for the second round. What happens in the second round? Well, if the Bills do win, obviously, if they lose, season's over. If they do win, we have to wait till Sunday to know who they're going to play. And let's remember on Sunday, we won't even know until after Sunday night football, because if the bills win the next two games on Saturday, both the AFC game, uh, NFC games, Rams, Seahawks, 
Buccaneers, Washington, but on Sunday, Ravens, Titans, excellent game. Looking forward to watching that. That one's at one Oh five, just like the bills are on Saturday. Even after that game, we don't know who the bills are playing. If that game turns out that the Ravens win, then it's a possibility to play the Ravens or Titans. Whoever wins that game, I should say it's a possibility, but what the key is who wins the Browns Steelers game. So here's the situation. If the Steelers beat the Browns on Sunday night, the Steelers come back to Buffalo for a rematch of that Sunday night game several weeks ago. If the Browns upset the Steelers on Sunday night, then the Bills play the winner of the Ravens-Titans game. The Bills cannot play the Cleveland Browns. They cannot play the Kansas City Chiefs in round two. That would be in the AFC Championship game if they get that far. Lots of other things going on with the Bills this week, including interviews for Brian Dable. Joe Shane, Dable for head coach, Joe Shane for general manager. You know, I've said on WGR, I, I said this on the Extra Point Show earlier this week, and I hope you have a chance to listen to that. Um, you know, the Bills right now, what they have is a program. They have a program in place. And I know losing Brian Dable would be a really big blow for this team with what he's done. But I am very confident that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are, are, are quite, you know, prepared for that scenario. And they would have already vetted and know and have several candidates in mind. And I'll say this, if Brian Dable were to leave the Buffalo Bills, the Bills offensive coordinator job would be the most attractive offensive coordinator job on the market. Now, even if Eric Bieniemy was to leave Kansas City, the Bills is more attractive because that's a play calling job. That's really not in, in Kansas City unless Andy Reid, you know, decides to get it all up to whoever they would hire. If you took all 32 NFL jobs right now, all of them, and every single offensive coordinator job became open, I think the Bills would be probably the second most attractive behind Kansas city working with Patrick Mahomes and maybe not even as, and maybe the bills would be more attractive because like I said about Reed who, how he basically calls plays. And the reason is of course you have Josh Allen, a young quarterback, you have a team that is very successful. We'll see how successful they're going to be here in the next week, two weeks, whatever, three weeks, hopefully four weeks. And you get a chance to work under Sean McDermott, which would be a great stepping stone to even be a head coach. So this is a job that everyone will want. And as much as a lot of people say, Dorsey, 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 I get it. I'm not against Ken Dorsey. Not at all. Let me make that clear. If he's the right guy for the job, that's it. But the Bills should not, and I don't think will, they will not, just confine themselves to having to saying, hey, to blinders to Ken Dorsey and saying that's the only guy. Unless they've already kind of gone through that process, I think the Bills need to make sure they vet everyone because there's going to be some really good names and qualified people who would want the Bills offensive coordinator job. And they owe it to their organization to make sure that they find the right person. And and, I, and I've re- heard a lot of people say consistency, continuity. That's great. We don't know if Ken Dorsey would change the offense, though. It might be his offense. It might not be Brian Dable's offense. He hasn't just worked with Brian Dable. He's worked with other people as well. So we don't know that. He's also be a first-time coordinator walking into a ready-made offense. That can be good. That can also be a little bit tricky. So I think that you have to really open up your horizons here if you're a Bills fan and think about other possibilities if Brian Dable does leave. What about Joe Shane? If Joe Shane leaves, Believe me when I tell you, Brandon Bean has built a fantastic roster in his own front office from Dan Morgan to Brian Gain to Dennis Hickey to Terrence Gray to Lake Dawson. The list goes on and on. They have some tremendous people inside that front office who would be able to step into those roles. And I think other people would want to come and be in those roles as well. So I think the thing you have to maybe more worry about in those situations is who follows those guys, who goes with them from the bills. And then you have to start replacing two with three and four people are around your front office or on your coaching staff. Those are things you have to think about as well. So, you know, those are the things that are going on right now this week as the bills 
head to take on the Indianapolis Colts. All right, so tonight, let me set up what's going on here this week and tonight. This week, Bills-Colts, first game of the weekend, 1.05 p.m. Uh, on CBS. It's going to be fantastic. And, of course, we're going to have all the pregame coverage for you. We're going to have all everything for you on WGR starting at 7 a.m. I'll be on uh, throughout the morning leading up to the game. I'll be on the call with Murph and Tasker. Uh, so, you know, turn down the TV and turn up the sound, as we like to say on the radio, on your Alexa, whatever you have that uh, that you use to listen to the game. Um, I know that uh, a lot of times you can't here, – here's the trick. People always say, I can't listen on my app. You can listen. You can listen on your laptop or your computer. If during the game – you go to WGR550.com on your laptop or computer that hit listen live. You can listen to it. You can't listen on a mobile device unless you have a Game Pass subscription uh, to NFL.com Game Pass because the NFL likes to have their money. They want to have you pay for it. So that's why. Tonight, Channel 4 in Buffalo, WIVB. Check it out. 7 to 8 p.m. We're going to be live doing a full special. Uh, Bill's Colts. I'll be joining Josh Reed, Thad Brown. Matt Perino's going to be on in the first half hour. I'll be on in the second half hour. He's from New York Upstate. Uh, we got Heather Heather Prusak. We got Tim Graham. They're going to be live as well. We're all going to be there giving the, the entire breakdown. That's why I'm doing this show a little bit early tonight because I have to get out of there. I have to go over to the stadium. I'm leaving here. As soon as I leave here, I'm in my house right now. I've got all my Bill's stuff here. By the way, that's a Syracuse helmet, not a Cleveland Browns helmet, just so everybody knows. That's a Cleveland Hill Eagles eagle. I got to leave here. I got to go down to the stadium. I'll be outside the stadium with that and with Josh. We're going to be live on your television, Channel 4. Make sure you check that out. For anybody who's listening on the audio side of things to this, thanks a lot for downloading and subscribing to the South Sports and Stuff podcast. Make sure you do as well. We got a playoff game, folks. First time the Bills are home in the playoffs since 1996. Jim Kelly's last game, the last time it happened. Maybe the first playoff win, let's hope, since 1995. I'm thrilled to be a part of it and i'm thrilled we're going to see some bills mafia members there as well all right thanks for tuning in thanks for joining me this one went pretty quick let's hope we have another one next week and uh you know i'll do something even if the team loses i'll uh, do something but let's hope that doesn't happen and we're here talking about another playoff preview next week on sell sports and stuff and sell sports live okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.